we have this year the coincidence of Chris, Christmas and Itajanti. They're close in any case, but this year, in fact, overlap. The most famous quote of Lord Jesus Christ is, Love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And then, love your neighbor as yourself. Loving God with all your heart, all your soul, and your mind is vertical love. Then loving your neighbor as yourself would be horizontal love. <laughs> What's going on here? Mars Richard has asked Sukadeva Goswami, what is the duty of all men under all circumstances, especially those who are about to die? He could have just started right in and answering the question. Right? After all, the light lights on him. It's all about him. He looks like Krishna. He's accepted by all the great assembly of sages. There's no question of his authority. He's born five days. So he could have just sucked in all that light for himself. You know, Taken the question and the questioner for granted. But he didn't do that, did he? Radhika Ramana will give a couple of classes throughout the weekend. And I predict that if someone asks a question, he won't take that questioner, for example, for granted. He'll look that question in the eye. He'll light up as if he'd never heard that question before in his life, as if that was a totally original question presented by the most unique original devotee in the world. He was saying, Good question. <laughs> and don't you just feel so great? All right, he hasn't even started to answer your question, but already there's a relationship. Already he's touched down to the very core of your heart. That's why I chose this verse for community building and devotee care. It's 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 founded on relationships. That's the basis of appreciating each and every living being, wherever there's life, wherever there's animation, that is an individual sentient living being, part and parcel of the all-beautiful, the all-intelligent, the all-famous, the all-powerful, the all-humble supreme personality of God. Each and every one of us has those those qualities in us to some degree. And so there's no such thing as average. There's no such thing as ordinary. God doesn't do ordinary. God doesn't do average. If you have a Rolex, if you have, if your watch says Rolex, you know just from the company that made the watch, this is not an average watch. This is not because Rolex doesn't do average. Rolex doesn't do ordinary. Mercedes, we just know hearing that name that this is the best engineering, the best parts, the best service record, the best everything about it. Krishna is the best. Krishna is not just God. He is the super excellent supreme personality about it. Full in six opulences. Every living being is a luminous 
indestructible, indissoluble part and parcel of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of God. And I do the same in the press of colors with a lot of young people. I want to introduce them to the concept of the song. So I ask them to partner up and look in each other's eyes. Say it's not a staring contest. It doesn't matter if you look for it, it doesn't matter if you blink. But when you see the light of the soul, raise your hand. And you get a few hundred or a few thousand people get their hands raised. Then I say, repeat after me. And you can do the same. When I look in your eyes, when I look into your eyes, when I, I look your eye, eye, I see a shining soul. I see a shining soul. When I look into your eyes, when I look in your eyes, I see a spirit soul. I see a spirit soul. I see a soul that's never born. I see a soul that's never born. never died. You're in supply back home. Yearns to fly back home, back to the spiritual sky. Back to the spiritual sky. From dust you come to dust you go, was not spoken of the soulless body, like a set of clothes wears out against the spokes. A flame of light and light gives life to the machine, and candle never snuffs, subtle of one like seen. For the soul, there's no beginning, and there's nothing smaller than that, brighter than the sun. When I look in your eyes, I see a shining soul. When I look in your eyes, I see a spirit soul. I see a soul that's never born, spark and never dies. Yearn to fly back home back to the spiritual skies. The inner soul continues when the outer body ends like flame from wood sparks, ascending, transcending dark matter, blending with the sky, invisible to the naked eye. You cannot kill, nor can you die. You cannot burn, nor can you pry. The soul cannot be scorched by any blaze. No water can drown the spirit. No way can make it pain. You cannot cut another, nor can you believe the soul is eternal, unborn, a seed, and it was indestructible, from birth, death, old age, and disease. Yet, howsoever turned to toss, the soul can never itself exhaust. Seed in the heartbeat, when strong power in your room, the soul's superior force lives on and runs its endless course. As a cloud is seen on the air, so spirit supports flesh, echoing the living force, just chemicals like the air, works naked and bare, not a twitch or wiggle, not a subtle wink or giggle. Can't take a little puzzle with a rhythm, that line, huge tongue, no, can't reward it, can't ignore it, can't restore it, debit and ignore it, else debit and ignore it. Only thing to return is turn it, return it, burn it, bury it, earth, there is dust, dust, ash, ash. Infirm body versus a mortal soul. Learn the difference. Contradictors make the spiritual choice. Sing out if your voice. Make some noise for the spiritual force. I say, Hari, we say Krishna. Hari. Krishna. Hari. Krishna. Say Krishna. You say Krishna. 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 Say Hari. You say Hari. 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 Say Hari. You say Rama. Hari. Hari. Rama. Say Rama. You say Rama. 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 Say Hari. You say Hari. 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 Hey. I heard a story. Nice about <laughs> I heard a story. It was the high school Friday afternoon, hour before closing. It was math time. Nobody was into it. Nobody's mind was there. Just when's when's the bell? So the teacher came up with this idea. Just to pass that last hour. She doesn't know where it came from. He said, everybody take a piece of paper, write your name on the top of the piece of paper, and then pass the piece of paper around to every other class member. And each class member, write something. When you get that person's paper with their name on it, write something you like about that person. It's just, they all did it. Passed it on. They, they wrote underneath Stephanie. Each one, George Seymour. 
and the bell rang, everybody went home, and they took the papers with them. He never thought anything about it. Ten years later, one of the students had gone to Vietnam and lost his life there. And many of his classmates were present at his funeral. His father stood up to the podium, spoke about the life of his son. During the course of his talk, he said, uh, he said I just want to share something with you. Uh, we found him stuck up into the liner of his helmet, this piece of paper. For mm. all of you had written, which he liked about him. So then it came time for other classmates to come up. Can you get that worked out? <laughs> Word affected life, but the lead should be steady, not the Tadi Pony Bath is still a negative management now. So another classmate came up and said, you know, I, I and took it out of his wallet. This is 10 years later. Another uh, girl came up and she, she took it out of her purse. And one said, I've got it back in my uh, my drawer with my cufflinks. Another one said, it's, it's on my magnet on my refrigerator. So just see how powerful it is to pour into somebody, to empower them. And tell them what you like about. Lord knows nowadays there's enough criticism, there's enough down putting. Foremost presidential candidate calls anybody who doesn't agree with him Furman. Shabi Barashtagi Samsuta We need this, and you need it too. Someone says, Well, true, I don't have time to worry about other people, I've got my own problems. Well, you especially need to help other people out. You need to be on the lookout for other people that you can say an encouraging word to, that you can lift up, uh, that you can notice something in them that they do not necessarily even notice in themselves. When I was in Australia. I joined in Australia. I was not only one of the first people to join in Australia, but I was an American. I gave Bobby Tom class every day for five years. It was just like true gifts, Bobby. It was just, it, nobody said anything about it. It was just, I, I just thought it was because I was an American or maybe I was a person body or nobody else wanted to do it. I didn't even think about it. Didn't even think about it. And then I came to America and I was on the BBT Library Party with Chicago Prenarnaba. Does anybody know where he is? Church, great Kirtan leader. Where is he now? He left his time. Uh, he came up to me one day and he said, true, you know, socially you're pretty quiet. You're kind of a shy guy. When you sit up there and give class, it's amazing. Five years in Australia, nobody ever said anything. <laughs> I just, I, I, it never occurred to me that this is a skill, you know, that I can sharpen. <laughs> you know, like, this is this is my path, like Krishna consciousness. You know, it was just like one of the things I did because nobody else, I thought nobody else wanted to do it. And he actually pointed out to me what I didn't, what I needed to be pointed out to me, that I was actually good at it. <laughs> and, and that was a turning point for me. Even though I've been giving class for five years, nobody took the time to notice that and to reinforce that. Maybe they just assumed that I knew, and I, I didn't know. And you have 
talents, abilities. You have capacities to change the world, make a difference in your generation, which you don't even know about. You're so, you're so good at it, you don't even realize it. I'm so naturally to you. Maybe you're banging your head against the wall trying to develop a, a, a weak area, trying to make a weak area strong. That's modern education, isn't it? You have to take all these courses. You have to be a well-rounded student. You have to do humanities. You have to do science. You have to do math. I remember, you know, learning the, I don't know how many elements it is now, but in my day, it was 108 elements of the periodic table. I just wanted to go. <laughs> just, just kill me, Lord, you know, just like, move me out of my misery. <laughs> that reminds me of a story, you know, they, 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 they put a, but an eagle, a squirrel, and a, a rabbit. You heard the story into the modern education. They plugged them in. And uh, so they said the eagle should learn to run, right? The rabbit should learn to fly. And the squirrel should learn to, what? Oh, no, the, 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 the rabbit should learn to climb. The eagle should learn to run. And the squirrel should learn to fly. Uh, fly. Yeah. <laughs> They're miserable. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> they dropped out, you know. <laughs> they, they ended up in juvenile. <laughs> the eagle should learn to fly, be the best eagle he can be, because that's that's who he is. That's who God made him to be. Why should an eagle try to be a squirrel or a squirrel to be a rabbit or a rabbit be an eagle? Take the identify. It's so we we lose whole seasons of our lives, you know. Uh, I mean, something because we feel we have to do it or because other people want to do it or because it's expected of us or because we make more money that way. Really, there's nothing more important than this self-assessment. Before you go running off, you know, and committing yourself, what are you doing? Find out the thumbprint of God on you. Find out who God made you to be. And he didn't do any two people the same. There's no carbon copies in, in God's uh manufacturing company every living being is unique and beautifully uh, a, a masterpiece of, of craftsmanship it doesn't do ordinary it doesn't do average and when we look at other devotees we need to recognize that oftentimes it's up to us to tell them what they're good at you know there are devotees oh it's shanning it's exotic blissful hurry bow prabhu but they're not as happy as they could be, nearly as happy as they could be, because maybe they're doing something and they would be much better in it, and, and it would come much more natural than to do something else. We can do anything for Krishna. And even if you do something that you don't like and you do it long enough, you will get to like it. it this is all true. But I can speak for myself. When Pranayana said that to me, my, I was often running this. I'm like, I, I never look back. I never look back. If this is what I can do, and if you can identify what natural innate talent ability that God endowed you with, then what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Sharpen your axe. Sharpen your axe. Whatever it is, whether it's fixing cars or mentoring young people, doing flower garlands, painting pictures, giving talks, driving cars, doing music, you become not necessarily the, the best in the world that you become the best that you can be that's that's all krishna asks of us you know is you become the best that you can be some 
Birds fly high in the sky. Some birds fly mid midway. Some birds fly next to the ground. Every bird, but the point is, fly according to your capacity. If you're supposed to fly high, then don't be on the mid-level. If you're supposed to be on the mid-level, then don't be on the low-level. There was a story about John Wooten, a legendary basketball coach from UCLA. He told his players that when everyone passes you the ball and you, you make some points, don't take that person for granted. Look them in the eye, nod to them, give them a smile, give them a fist pump. One of the players said, I wonder if they're not looking, coach. He <laughs> said, don't worry, they'll be looking. <laughs> we all want to be appreciated. The little child is at the top of the swing, the, the, the slide. It's at the top of the slide. But mom's, mom, dad's not looking. Dad's talking to some of the other parents. But the child is waiting, waiting for the dad to turn us to see it. And waiting, waiting. And finally, can we <laughs> down the slide? And then when the father expresses that appreciation, it just feels so, so wonderful. But we need, you know, every one of us has challenge. Every one of us has areas in which we're concerned and areas which can potentially drag us down. But what we need to realize is that there's there's no better palliative, there's no better medicine for yourself than to help somebody else out. It's guaranteed. Try it if you haven't tried it. If if you if it doesn't work, then say true lie to me. <laughs> That's okay. I don't mind. But there's nothing that'll get your mind off of your own problems, your own worries, and your own concerns than looking out for another one of God's children. One of the greatest misimpressions of our modern society is that it's about me. We have iPads, iPhones, <laughs> iMarriages. <laughs> it's not about you. It's never been about you. This microphone doesn't decide what it gets to do. The creator has decided, preordained, what this microphone is good at. And what this microphone should be used for. And we didn't create ourselves, so you don't get to make up a purpose for your life. You need to realize that you were created by God for his purpose. And when you step into the middle of that, you're going to be a ta turu mula You're going to be plugged in to where you should be. We're little cogs. We're little capacitors <laughs> on our own we have no particular value we got a tilt skillet you know you know what tilt skillet is it's like for your kitchen it's like there's there's only two two eras there's pre-tilt skillet and post-tilt skillet that's all there is in terms of kitchen chronology <laughs> When we got our tilt skillet, it was such a game changer. And if you don't know, it cooks 30, 40 gallons at a time. It's all stainless steel. You can put the lid down if you need to steam. It's got powerful jets. The, the whole thing is, is uh, can, you know, you can boil things within five minutes. They cost $25,000. But Rodney Bush, I called us from Los Angeles. He said, I heard you guys want a tilt skillet. He said, I've got one for $1,200. Wow. He got it for six hundred. It didn't work. It said it didn't work. 
And and Rodney Bushan was like, he was practically, he couldn't wait. He couldn't wait to tell me over the phone. Said Jerome's and got this for six hundred dollars. I did twelve hundred dollars. I got it for so cheap because it didn't work. <laughs> I had I had an electrician come in, and he he got it off the ground. He like new for a fifty six cents capacitor. <laughs> so for lack of a capacitor, it's just a bunch of metal, just a bunch of junk. Someone who who wouldn't have gotten it diagnosed would have just had it hauled off as an annoyance. Maybe even paid some money for the recycling of it. But once you had that 56 cent capacitor in, we've been using it for years now. We take we take our harvest in the fall, end of August, September, we're getting we're getting like six or eight wheelbarrows every day. Mm. Zucchini, melons, tomatoes, peppers. Uh, and then uh, we we cut it up, we wash it, we cut it up, and we cook it, freeze it the same day. Last better part of a year, he did from the best of college. Um, so we are not particularly valuable, not particularly significant, separate from God, separate from God. But when we make that connection, when we plug in to our Creator and we step in the middle of what it was we're created to do, then there's no limits. Sometimes I ask people, what are the 20 steps you can take that you're going from four miles an hour to 600 miles an hour? Not only after these 20 steps are you going from four miles an hour to 600 miles an hour, but at the end of these 20 steps, you're going 600 miles an hour while sitting down. What's the answer? Not, not a very hard question, is it? In an airplane, right? Exactly. So, by identification of the individual unit with the whole entity, that he assumes powers that he could never, never dreamed of. He go places beyond the farthest reaches of his imagination. How, uh, 150 years ago, how could people have imagined that we'd come from all parts of the Southwest and even from Idaho and Utah and who knows where else? To gather here over the weekend. We don't even think that much about it. You know, 150 years ago, it would have taken a year to come and go and go back. But because of that, I because we can merge, you know, in a, you know what I mean. Don't quote me out of context, please. <laughs> With the airplane, then things are possible that we could never dream would ever be possible. One time I'd arranged an interview with Prabhupada in Melbourne, reported from the Melbourne Age. He came in and right away I could tell he was kind of dull. He wasn't interested in spiritual He was the antonym. He excited, incisive, focused, interest. That would have been the antonym for this guy. Okay. And I'm like, and 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 I was I was the only one in the room to my recollection, and uh, it just seemed like he wanted to get a couple of quick quotes and just get out of it. He he was very uncomfortable. He's a little overweight. He's kind of dowdy, both physically and mentally. But Prabhupada spent so much time with him, couldn't believe the detail that Prabhupada got into about the soul, the eternal soul, 
And it was obviously just rolling off like the water off a duck's back. They probably kept going, going, and going, and going. And the guy was antsy, you know, and I, I couldn't understand what. I mean, Prabhupada certainly had better things to do with his time. This guy, you know, I mean, you know. And the interview ended, he went away. So I was really excited the next morning to go out and get the, get the article. I went out, you know, as soon as I could, as soon as the newsstands opened. You know, there's a picture of Prabhupada, very good, you know. And the title says, Swami says he'll be an animal in his next life. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of chucked it away. You know. And then when I came into Prabhupada, Prabhupada said, so did the article come out? I said, yes, Prabhupada. He said, did you get a copy? Yes, Prabhupada. <laughs> he said, uh, do you have it with you? I said, yes, Prabhupada. <laughs> read it out to me. So I pulled it out. I read the title and everything. He said, uh, how many times did it say Krishna? I don't know what it was. Eight or ten times. And what is the circulation? He said, 500,000. And how many people do you think read one copy? I said, maybe three people. He did the math. He said, do the math. I forget what it was. He said, two million times, two million people said the name of Krishna this morning. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I didn't even so what, what was Prabhupada doing? He wasn't seeing the dowdy, uninterested, dull uh, reporter. He was seeing the soul. And he was sowing seeds. He was sowing seeds. If you sow a seed, then it's a good seed. Eventually it will spread. Might not be this life, next life. But it is a fact that if you sow a good seed, and remember, Krishna's in the heart. So as far as like watering the seed and weeding, and, uh, oftentimes you have a good seed, but the soil is too packed up. There's no place for the seed to take root or put down its tentacles and so on and so forth. But the seed itself, they found seeds that are over 4,000 years old. They planted them and they grew. There, there are so many instances in which our duty is compared to the gardeners. We don't have to worry about the harvest. Sun, moon, that's all beyond our control. How often it rains. We don't have to worry about what comes of it or when it comes to fruition. That's Krishna's job. But our job is to plant as many seeds as we can, knowing that they're good seeds, Right now, they might be put in an iron heart. But eventually, Krishna is in the heart, and he will bring about those circumstances where the soil breaks up, and the seed can take root, and it will sprout. We see that over and over and over and again with Bharat, with Vichendra. So many different instances where from past lives, seeds which have been planted suddenly the circumstances align themselves in such a way. Krishna positions you such a way. And it was his plan all the way, all along. It was his plan all along. That the, the Bhakti Lajakripa finds its, finds its traction and then starts to grow. 
But we don't have to worry about who's qualified, who's not qualified. That if there's anybody who's willing to listen, plant the seed. Plant the seed. Plant the seed. In, in my old age, I've, I've made life very simple. I don't care for complications anymore. At the end of the Sunday feast, after we give the talk and we've had the RT, and guests are going downstairs and we have tables. We don't serve out by rows. I'm not sure how this would work if you served out in rows. But we have tables. Five or six people sit at each table. So I tell people, uh, I give a talk. I don't entertain questions during the talk because I want it to be a short program for first-time comers. We don't want our Sunday feast to be an hour kirtan, an hour and a half talk about, you know, Gora Ganesha Deepika. You know, it's like, hello. You've got plenty of time during the week for all that in-house in, in stuff, the high stuff. We give a half an hour talk, 15-minute cure time, 15-minute RT. That's it. You want to find out who the Christians are. There's your taste. Now, we go downstairs. I do tell them, however, I will be going from table to table, and I will ask only one question. Do you have any questions? <laughs> and to kind of prime the pump a little bit, I'll go ahead. I'll go, do you have any questions about anything you've tasted, you saw, you smelled, you heard, or you touched? Just to kind of like prime the pump, you might say. And if they have questions, it says if you ask the Hare Krishna a question, he lights up as if you just give me $5,000. Okay. The whole world is based on questions. The problem is, 100% of those questions are about temporary, inconsequential things. Why should we waste our valuable human form of life about the price of this, the price of that? We don't have much time. So we, we plant seeds. We are on the lookout for people who are willing to ask questions. And even if their questions aren't that great, one time I arranged a TV show for Prabhupada. It was one of the most popular shows in all of Australia. Like a million people watched it. But we had to drive about 45 minutes to get to the studio, and then we had to wait in the studio. And then, you know, he gave Prabhupada five minutes. And we came back. And uh, Prabhupada didn't say much. But the next day he said, do you have more of those lined up? I said, yes. He said, cancel them. <laughs> <laughs> he said, they do not know how to question. He said, if they give me a half an hour, then I can properly plant a seed. I can probably plant a seed. But you just shove me in between other people and I have to drive so far to go and come back. He said, cancel them all. Right, Bobby does these things where in Utah there are a lot of uh, delinquents. I can think they call them juvenile. They still call them juvenile delinquents. That's what they called them when I was a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> I wasn't that bad, but and and so they're they're required to be either full time resident in homes for drug offenses or chronic truancy in school, or they they uh, live at home if the home environment's not too bad. And then they come and under supervision, they work during the day. So for years, these kids have come from various programs, Discovery, Taylor, 
New Haven, and they work with alums. And you can see the difference. You can see a person. They're sociopathic. They only think about themselves. They don't care about other living beings. They don't acknowledge the individuality of other living beings. And the first time they come, it's like they just knock llamas around and they, you know, they try to do all kinds of stupid stuff. But after they've come for three or four weeks, they start to recognize unique characteristics among the llamas. And after a few more weeks, they start to ask for certain llamas by name. And there's been a breakthrough there. There's been a breakthrough. Starting with the animals, they're starting to recognize other living beings and other rights to life, liberty, pursuit outside of themselves. And I, but I often wonder, you know, why does I always spend so much time with these kids? A lot of them just seem like they're beyond help. You know, they're just like beyond the pale. Well, one time I was up in Salt Lake City and I went in for a, a juice, an orange juice, at a place called Jamba Juice. <laughs> and I was wearing t-shirts and jeans. I could not have been identified as a devotee. And as I was waiting in line, this manager there, uh, he he was talking to people before me. He knew them. He knew them. I guess they were regulars. He knew their names. He asked about their kids and their wives. But by the time I got up to the counter, I was really impressed with this guy. This this is this guy is not just selling juice. He's 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 building people up. You know, people come to him. And the juice is secondary. You know, they they want to make that human connection with him. And he's he never disappoints, you know. I was very impressed. So I ordered my juice and he went and ordered and everything. He came back and he handed it to me. And he said, Do you know Vi? I said, excuse me? <laughs> he said, Do you know Vi? Yeah, I know Vi. I've been married to her for 53 years. He said, yeah, I saw your neck beats. Mm. He said, my name is Marlon. He said, I'm the manager. I'm the regional manager. I'm in charge of six Java juices. And he still knew the names of the people at this particular branch. And he said, it's all because of I. I was off track. I was a druggie. I was in one of these programs. And I went to your temple slash farm every Wednesday for a year. And I saw Vi's purposefulness. I saw that she had meaning in her life. She had direction. She had focus. And even though that's not necessarily my path, I could see very clearly by her example that if I wanted a good quality life, I needed, I needed to understand what God had endowed me with, what talents and abilities that he had embedded within me. And come to realize that I'm I'm very good with people. I have a good memory. I remember names. I remember details. And I said, Marlon, I'm honored to meet you. Honored to meet you. And this had all happened quite a few years ago, just because of the time that she spent with them, the seeds that she cultivated in them. Sooner or later, they will grow. The good news is. You may think you're wasting time. It may look like you're wasting time. It may look like this is the last person in the world. But if they're if they're willing to listen, that's the only qualification. If they're willing to listen, then we're willing to plant a seed with the confidence that that seed will never perish, never rot, and never after. It will sit there until 
that person's time comes. The fact is that I'm planting that seed by Krishna's prior arrangement, and by Krishna's prior arrangement, that seed will incubate for a period of time which has already been established by Krishna, and it will sprout at exactly the right time, not a second too soon or a second too late. And, and too often, even though we're missionaries, even though we're devotees, even though we're preachers, we, we get impatient with Krishna. We get impatient with Krishna. Krishna, I'm doing so much, I'm helping, I'm pouring so much out, and I'm not seeing any results. Well, that's what trust is all about. Otherwise, uh, I think that's called being a fruit worker or something, isn't it? You know, you, you, you plant the seeds. That's your job. And your job is done. Don't second guess it. Don't try to hurry Krishna along. You just plant the seeds, as many seeds as you can. Look at the heroes of the Bhagavatam. How many betrayals? How many conspiracies? How many unfair situations? Uh, haunted them. Dogged their very footsteps. Yet did any one of them, Dhruva kind of thought about it, but as soon as he became Krishna conscious, he he thought about getting back at his stepbrother and stepmother, but as soon as he became Krishna conscious, he totally wrote it off as a waste of time. You don't waste time in trying to get back at people or trying to go toe to with someone or set something right or tell them where they're wrong. They just continue planting seeds. Continue planting seeds. What was it? He said, said, when his father was had already tried to kill him in so many ways. I mean, there was there was no, it didn't seem like there was any uh, opening. For Krishna consciousness and Ranikashipu. It, it didn't seem like he was, he left the slightest bit of opening for Prahlad. He said, like that. And yet still, Prahlad is planting seeds, planting seeds, planting seeds, planting seeds. That's all, that's all we know how to do. And someone just plant seeds by making beautiful arrangements for the deities and singing kirtans. And, but don't discount face-to-face. -face. Don't hide out behind garland-making kirtan or deity worship. Don't hide out. Don't hide out. That's what we do. That's how we occupy ourselves, exercising our talents, our abilities, hopefully, until someone walks through the door and you can stop what you're doing. Krishna even says you can interrupt RT right in the middle of RT in order to go and receive that same Krishna in the heart of a guest. That same Krishna has directed that person's steps after millions and millions of lifetimes to cross the threshold of your door and you should not be too busy with your service to go and greet that person, greet Krishna in the heart of that person, make them feel welcome, touch them in a personal way.
So I don't know what the time, but I chose this verse because Sukadeva um, Goswami employs this personal connection so wonderfully of so much. Thanks for your question. Thanks for your question. But even that was a wonderful question. No, that was a glorious question. Fully acknowledging, fully recognizing. And maybe the person isn't glorious or isn't elevated or isn't illuminated. But the point is you treat them as if they were and they rise to the standard. I'll finish up with this. I'll finish up with this. There was a story about a teacher in a New England school. Uh, later on, became a famous writer, and he told this uh, about himself. But he was a rookie teacher, and he was in the dean's office with some of the other teachers, and their course assignments were being passed out. And this other teacher looked over his shoulder and said, oh, Dean, you lucky dog. <laughs> what? <laughs> he says, out of the five courses, he said, three of them are in sector A's. What sector A? Those are the especially talented students. Mm. He went on to teach. And sure enough, after the exams were administered and the results were in, the students in those three sector A classes, they'd written longer, bigger term papers. They'd gotten better grades. They'd done better quality research. In every way, they seemed to verify, validify their prior categorization of section A students. Next year, same scenario, turn into dean's office, getting their course assignments passed out. He says to the dean, I hope I get some section A's this year. And the dean says, what are you talking about? Yeah, the section A, especially intelligent gifted students. Dean said, we don't, we don't have, uh, we don't have uh, any section A's. We used to six years ago, but we discontinued. So just because he thought they were section A's, he taught them up to this level and they rose to the level of his expectation. Don't anyone write anyone off. Don't discount anybody. You don't know what Krishna's up to. He's unlimited. Don't think in the natural. We serve a supernatural God. Mm. He's in the heart of every living being. And never forget that Krishna made us unique. There's no one like us. There are no duplicates. The Krishna misses each and every one of us. So there's something you bring to the table in the spiritual world which nobody else can bring. Krishna misses that. And he wants you back more than you want to go. And he'll move heaven and earth. So let's be instruments. Let's represent Krishna and shine his reflected light and be on the lookout each and every day for those people whom Krishna sends into our life and whom we can plant seeds and be the means by which they go back to home, back to God. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Mitra Krishna, Hare 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 Hare
I don't know if we have time, but I got to say it. This, this has to be said. Any questions? I think you're hungry, it's fine. Shikralad. Yeah, thank you for that class. It was very inspiring. I have two questions. One is if there's, you mentioned planting the good seed. And I was wondering if there's a bad seed and what that would be. The other question I had was in relation to planting seeds versus cultivating the seeds that have been planted. And we often see that as a kind of a tension Sometimes the criticism made that was so focused on planting the seeds that we're not actually looking after our devotees. We're not boiling the milk. That's the metaphor that's used. Can you please speak to those? Tell me what your first question was again. A good seed versus a bad seed. Oh, you yeah. mentioned planting the seed. Most, most of us have had people that have spoke defeat over our lives, people who spoke negativity, might have been friends that were cruel. When I was young, I went to a private school entitled Rich Kids. And uh, and it was a sign of prestige if you could insult somebody in a unique sense. Yeah. You know, if you did that, they would say, nice cut. <laughs> <laughs> nice cut. <laughs> so everybody's looking around. And, you know, they wanted, everybody wants to be recognized. Everyone wants to be praised. But that, and that, if that's the standard, then you go around looking for insulting people in the most clever, unique, vicious, underhanded ways. And then you get that reinforcing nice cut. So, yeah, but the, but the bad seeds don't last because Krishna made us in his image. Darkness can only exist in the absence of light. So you can, you can remove Decades of abuse and low self-esteem in a moment. Maybe not, maybe it's not like instantaneous. You know, a person lights up, you know, and goes dancing off into the sunset. But again, you can plant the right seeds, and it's only a matter of time before the light of Krishna, the reflected light coming through you, is going to uh, trump, eclipse the negative effects of uh, the, the bad things that have been spoken over people. And because this is Kali Yuga, you know, it's just Krishna's depending on us at the moment. Who else is going to, you know, combat darkness with light to the degree that the devotees are capable of doing? And then the other uh, question is I, I don't think you could separate them. I think as soon as you separate them, you've kind of defeated yourself. The fact is that we, I know for a fact that we don't welcome people nearly as, as well as we could. And the reason we don't welcome people nearly as well as we could is because we don't particularly take a personal interest in it. We preach at them. It's got all this stuff, free program, and then we just spew it to them. And we don't recognize them as individuals. And so we don't get off on the right foot. So part of boiling the milk and cultivating having long-term relationships is getting off on the right foot. The first impression is often the last impression. Another sports analogy comes to mind. I, I'm sorry for this, but um, again, uh, it's like you see a basketball team, a fabled football team with the Green Bay Packers, and the coach, it's Lombardi, and they have Hall of Famers, Bart Starr, and they have five Hall of Famers. So at the beginning of every season, they gather in the locker room in the preseason, and he would say, gentlemen, 
This is a foot bar. <laughs> Gentlemen, this is a football. And he would pass it around. He would get them to feel it. He would feel the laces. And it's a very profound lesson he's teaching. It started at the beginning. It doesn't matter how accomplished or how sophisticated or how heralded you are or how many repeat championships or how many times you've been MVP. You know, make sure you start at the beginning. Gentlemen, this is a football. So I don't think that if you can't see Krishna in the heart of a first-time comer and welcome him properly, I don't think you're the kind of person that's going to be very good at cultivating in the long-term meeting. Yes. I have one reflection, which is uh, we talked about uh, first impressions. There's been many times I meet people who have had a negative first impression or a positive first impression, and we should really, as a society, put emphasis on, on together working. You know, every time we meet someone, we never know where they're going to land or, or, or where they're going to be and who will be cultivating them or getting a chance to cultivating, cultivating them and the importance of really making a positive first impression, even if they reject us. But like Vaishesha Kuprabhu says, honor their rejection. Because later on, somebody may, you know, come into contact with that individual. So just one reflection. Yeah, I was hearing a podcast, uh, Gopi from New York Bhakti Center. And she was saying the same thing. If they if they got turned on, honor that. You know, well, what was it? What was it about your visit? Or who was it? That, and what let them open up. You know, that that's an opening. You know? A salesman, a salesman, the good salesman, they say when someone says no, it means they want to know more. <laughs> so if someone says no, no, I had a bad experience, say, well, I'd like to know more about your bad experience. Maybe we can improve. Maybe we can learn something from that. Yes, Thank you so much for a wonderful class. Uh, one question which is bothering me, I always ask you and understand from you because of your experience with Prabhupada and uh, starting the whole movement. Uh, Prabhupada said, I have protected ISKCON from outside world, but inside you have to be careful. I was never able to understand that, that who I have to be careful with, who we are supposed to be careful with, and what Prabhupada is hinting about. Like, what is it? Risk we are seeing inside. Yeah, I was doing the question answered L.A. Rathiatra one year. It was a young Afro-American girl. And uh, she, she, she asked a question. She said, I'm a new, 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 new devotee. I've been coming to Jumbo for just a very short time, but I have a problem. I can't finish one round of job without crying. And I said, oh, God, can you give me your problem? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so then I said, she said, do you have any advice? I said, yeah, there's devotees and there's devotees. You know, we're only going to have a few good friends in our lives. We're not going to have 20, 30 friends, close friends. We're not going to have 10 close friends. We may not even have five close friends. Well, you know, if you're doing good, if you have three or four close friends, 
So be kind, be be respectful, take you know what's what's on offer, but be very discriminative, even within the devotee community, who is in your inner circle, and you will be successful in Krishna consciousness. It's not that when we come into the temple that that that's off with we found it it's not it's now no longer applicable no you have to continue even within the temple to exercise your sense of discretion there are obviously some devotees who are like a fish in water they love everything about krishna consciousness they have genuine krishna bhakta rasa bhavitamadam kriyatam they're devotees who because of the level of their enthusiasm, you know that they performed Krishna consciousness in their previous life. So you can get on their coattails and go back home, back to God. But why should you, when you have those resources available in the temple, why should you go with some complainer, some no-sayer? I had a guy. <laughs> we bought... We bought... Uh, we bought, we bought this property in 2012. It was a school downtown Salt Lake City. It was great. It was four acres of land, 32 blocks of the state capital. We eventually uh, tore down a modular building, built a temple from the ground up, but it already had 13,000 square feet of building. So shortly after we acquired the property, this guy turns up at the door and he's like 60 years old or something. And, he's, and he has this complaint. He says, yeah. He says, uh, I joined the San Francisco Temple in 1968. I lived in Temple for six months. They kicked me out. <laughs> and I had to walk in 1969 or 70. I had to, they made me walk from San Francisco to Salt Lake City. This is 2012. That was like 42 years ago. And sure, I they should have bought a bus ticket. I mean, that would have been only decent. We we would I like to think we'd do that today. They didn't buy a bus ticket, and forty two years later, he still got this cancer, this ulcer in him that they made me walk. They didn't make you walk. I mean, I hitchhiked before I met devotees in the sixties. I hitchhiked all over the world. I hitchhiked. From Istanbul to India, <laughs> why couldn't you stick out your thumb? But no, he wanted he wanted to have this axe to grind, and so he walked. That was his choice. They yeah. blamed it on the devotees. So don't don't be like. And he would consider he's a devotee, and we're demons. <laughs> <laughs> so God gave you a sense of discrimination. Use it. Thank you. I'm sure you're all hungry now, so I want to introduce you. Thank you.